0: Uh, not gonna lie. Um, but the outfit I'm wearing today, I look like a dude who uh, lets his wife peg him on their anniversary just because she loves him. Welcome to episode 57 of the Off and Be podcast. Um, unfortunately, I am your host, and this is the special Friday episode. Um, just getting back into the gym, my uh, my uh, body feels like a virgin in the gym. Cause man, I am uh, I'm bleeding hard on the inside. These uh, quad ruptures, these stomach tumblers, just basically anything that involves physical activity, it's uh, not good for this virgin in the gym. You know, it, it's like when people say I wouldn't say I'm a virgin in the gym because I'm actually a I'm an all-pro veteran at one point in time. But, you know, I took a few years gap in between, you know, to maybe uh, rethink some things of what I enjoy or not. But, man, you know, it's like when people try to get rid of their past sins and they try to, they just basically try to start a new beginning to completely relinquish the past. So they say they're a born-again Christian. Well, you know, I'm a born-again I'm a born again gym goer and uh it shows cuz man uh, curling man I tear my biceps my biceps Jesus Christ speak I uh, I tear my biceps kind of like my heart it just uh just heals and heals but man first couple times it breaks you know having your heart broken Is like doing bicep curls The first couple times you ever do bicep curls It is the absolute worst pain in the fucking world But you know what? You do high reps, high volume You uh, do it multiple times in a week You know, have your heart hurt multiple times in a week tear your biceps multiple times a week After a month It's still, your body still feels the pain But you become more Numb to it. You become more mentally strong about it. So, uh, the moral of this story is that. Curling. 25 on each side. Is like. um Getting your heart broken by. 5 foot 8. 160. Beautiful lady. Oh Jesus. But you know what. When you. When you just keep doing it for reps. Sooner or later. It's your warm up set. And. The ones that you used to have to shoot high for, they're your appetizer for your night. They're the ones you call over at six o'clock. So then, when you go out at eight o'clock to the diner downtown to meet the lovely lady on Bumble, you uh, you know, you get all the stress releases out. You get all the nervous anxiousness. You're relaxed. You have more confidence. You know what? Whatever, I already succeeded today. If anything I do after this is a bonus. So, and by default, you will succeed. Moral of the story is, is um, keep tearing your biceps up. Because it's not about, you know, being impressive with the biceps. Obviously, it helps. But, you know, it's more about uh, the process. And I know that sounds cheesy and shit. It sounds like some Russell Wilson would say. You know, we're just here... Go Hawks. It's all about the process. Go Hawks. Oh, future, future. Go Hawks. Um, But, you know, the process is very important when it comes to, you know, truly uh, bettering yourself. Because the process at first, the first week of working out and getting back into it when you haven't done it in a while or your body's different than the last time you worked out, it's very... It's a very, that's the hardest part is getting past that first week, the first couple weeks, that first month is convincing yourself that, man, this is going to suck, and I'm not going to see results immediately, but right now, it's not about that. It's just about getting in there, feeling all the pain, feeling all the jiggle, feeling all the wiggle, feeling your titties flop up and down, and like, man, this is humbling, Typically through the window by the winery. Um typically I'm looking at theirs through the window. But now they're looking at mine. It's funny how the world goes round, but the titties flop up and down and around. And it kinda like Ariana Ariana Grande. It can be side to side at times, but uh you know, you just uh, step the incline up, make sure the angle, because it's all about the angles, your titties aren't as As a man, speaking of man, of course, as a man who has grown a little bit of the titular escalation, when you put on an incline through the window, it looks more like, you know, you got a more pectoral definition, even if you know it's not, and even when you run, it's like, but it's all about the angles. That's when you learn about angles, when you have to start worrying about them, because you know what, I used to be a guy where all angles there was no such thing as a bad angle You could do it from behind Do it from up under Do it from, you know The corner of your Mom's bedroom Because, you know I moved her bed in Because I used to work for a moving company I know you were thinking I was about to make a fucking I fucked your mom joke I would never fuck your mom um, But She, uh She's a nice lady, she tips well Even though uh, she didn't tip tip me with money. She tipped me with a have a good day. Because that's what nice people do. And she uh, let me suck her titties. But neither here nor there. Full circle. Kind of like my titties now. So it's all about the angle. When you are working out at a gym. Where there's a big window through the side. And the treadmill is right there by the window. Where it's like a big angle view. It's like a high rise. And there's a whole, like, winery place where they have a nice patio. And they're always creeping through here. They like to see who's uh, running. They like to take some sneaky peeks. So maybe when you walk out of the gym, they like, hey, come over here. Have a drink. When, uh, that's not what they said to me today. But I'm assuming that's what people on patios at random wine restaurants do. And so... It's been a humbling experience getting back into the gym. But you know what? I feel great. I just feel great. I have natural energy. I don't have the, you know, at least natural energy when I eat. I don't feel completely stuffed. But man, my knees and my ankles are swollen. Kind of like Kai Green or Jay Cutler, the bodybuilder. Um, But they're not swollen from, you know, doing a lot of calf raises or doing a lot of Wide leg presses or one-legged KB squats. They're just swollen because uh, they're weak as fuck. But you know what? Neither here nor there. Moral of all this is get back into the fucking gym. Tear your biceps. Once you tear your biceps, you can see if she's bi. And see if she's conceptual to, you know, impregnation. You know, because once, the main thing, why you need to get back into the gym. This is a story of why. Why should I get back into the gym? I have no desire. I have no want to. I have, I'm discouraged. I don't feel like it. And I would say, just one reason. Nothing crazy. Um. Do you want to have sex? Because if you don't, then you know what? by all means stay out of the gym but if you do go to the gym that's your life advice your quote of the day and uh just thought you should know anyways so yeah i just finished watching thursday night football transition talk about smooth transition speaking of ass play um Watch the Giants and Redskins, or, well, they're not technically the Redskins, but the Washington football team. I'm not going to lie, on paper, it looked like the most boring game in the fucking world. And the game turned out to be actually a pretty interesting, fun, nice, interesting game. Because you could not ask for two more boring teams in terms of just interest. Because, see, there's a difference in life between being bad, like in football. There's a difference between being a bad team and being an uninteresting team. You could be technically a decent team, but be uninteresting. Because you just have nothing on your team that's interesting to watch. You don't have really a dynamic quarterback. You don't really have, like, a uh, dominant defense to where it just looks like they're killing people out there. You don't really have a... Dynamic offense. It's just, oh, we just win off a situational football. And watching Taylor Heineke versus Daniel Jones isn't exactly the next rivalry of Manning versus Brady, um, I would say. But they both played pretty well. Danny Dimes looking like Danny Wheels because, man, that boy can run. And Taylor Heineke played really well. He just made one really bad throw, but... They were able to recover. He made a drive later in the game once the Giants took a lead. And, but his team in field goal range. And, of course, the Washington football team, they missed the field goal. But then, of course, they get bailed out because someone on the Giants, Dexter Lawrence, went offsides. And gave him another opportunity, five yards closer, boom. He still almost missed, but he made it. Together we made it. And, uh, you know, this football, the football season has been very interesting. And I'm not going to talk about specifics with football. But um, I do think, I will say my overall analysis of week one and tonight's game is that there's there's a lot of interesting uh there's a there's a lot of teams that are interesting but heavily flawed i think teams like the bills i still think they're a good team i don't think they're as good as last year i think they're a pretty flawed team but when their best players can put them over the top like josh allen but he also i think He's gonna have a couple of those games this year where it was like the first year or two where it's like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, I I think the, you know, the rookie quarterbacks are always a very interesting thing to dive into. I think I like what I saw from everyone. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence. Actually, I'm gonna be honest, like Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better than I thought. Uh, Zach Wilson, he looked pretty decent. He's just gonna be on a pretty crappy team for the most part. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, I I will say this, I don't get this whole, um, I really don't get the two quarterback thing with the Niners, I really don't get it, because you're not like, it's dumb, the thing that bothers me about it is when they do it, and every time they do it, where they'll bring Trey Lance in at the 15 yard line, right? And then he'll get like a two-yard loss and put Garoppolo back out there. And it's like, you just kind of kill the whole momentum. With Justin Fields, every time they would bring him out there, besides the one touchdown, and with Trey Lance, and they would bring the quarterback on, run a play, may get a penalty, lose three yards, bring the other quarterback out, and he'd just like, well... I did, I'm not even the reason why they were in this position. And it's just kind of, you're watching the game, and every time after that happens, they never recover on offense for that drive, and it kind of just throws everything back. You know, and I just uh, I just don't like, if you want to do goal line stuff, cool. Not the board, everyone with football talk, but yeah, I you know, I just could have done without it. I think it's, I, like, either play them or don't. Do it for situational, have a specific when you use it, goal line stuff, fine. But to bring him in for a play at the 48-yard line to do some slant over the middle that the starting quarterback could have done anyways, just to say, like, see, look, he can throw too. It's like, yeah, we know. To just fucking play him. Shit's not complicated. Whatever. What the fuck do I know? Um, I was too busy getting pegged. That's a joke. Because of the beginning of the pod. I don't believe in pegging. But, I do believe in, uh... egging faces. And by egging faces, the term egging faces is when you say shock value things and the people around or the people you're saying it to, their face looks like the shock of getting egged. Like an egg falling from the sky just falling on the head. They're like, oh my god, but they don't say any words, they just, they just open their mouth in awe, like someone just threw an egg in their fucking face, like, oh my, they look like, kind of like a, some like a scene in Mean Girls, where if Regina were to drop a school lunch tray, or they were to pour juice on a girl they were bullying, the face they would make. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is ha- happening. I can't believe I just heard that. And I believe, uh, and I, I wouldn't say I'm a shock value type of person. I don't really say things just to get people's attention. Typically, things I say, I guess, do gravitate that when I'm around people. But I think, uh, I think always, I think it's, I will say, I always think it's dangerous trying to chase someone's, someone, or just not even someone's particular, but just really anyone's trying to chase their attention, trying to chase their, like, trying to chase that particular attention where it's, wait, what did he say? You don't want to be the guy or the person that's always like, what did he just say? Because then it looks like you're an attention whore. And I don't care what people tell you. There's nothing wrong with wanting attention, per se. But when you seek attention so hard, and it just comes off as annoying at a certain point, and it actually makes people want to not give you that attention. Notice the people that have the biggest followings in the world, right? Notice the people that garner the most attention. More times than not, they're not like self promoting in that sense of themselves. Like, think about musicians. People that are always self promoting their music and shit, or self promoting their podcast. I'll say for me, like, I did self promote for like the first 20, 25 episodes. I was like, hey guys, dropped an episode. And I realized I hate doing this shit. It's not who I am. It's weird. It's just like, why? It's like, dude, if people want to listen, they'll listen to it. It's not like I felt like I had to do it to start to gain an audience, but I started annoying myself. No one ever told me they were annoyed, but I just started annoying myself. Like, I hate this. It's almost like I'm begging people to watch something when I'm not. It's just, and I listen to, uh, you know, look, I'm an avid Joe Rogan listener, right? And one thing he has the biggest podcast in the world not really debatable he he has never other than what he'll do now is like on instagram or something he'll be like i notice he'll do it like the day after an episode goes up or like a couple hours later after it goes up he'll be like hey guys you know i had the pleasure of talking to this person today you know they are a astrophysicist they're a comedian blah blah, blah. i enjoyed talking to this person today But it's not, but there's a difference between putting up. It's like, because there's a trade-off, like, look, I'm telling you this person is, this is an amazing thing, you know, we had a great episode, I enjoyed today's episode. And it's like, if people want to go see it, they do, if they don't, they don't. But when it starts getting to that point where people are, and this doesn't even portray to music or anything particular, really, but. We'll just use that for an example. When people are basically like, bro, please just listen to like 10 minutes of this. Or, oh, please go check this, go check, go check it out. It's like, say it one time, then after that, if people don't go check it out, they'll either check it out on their own time, or when something about you uh, may reminisce in their mind or something about you may come up to them, they're like, oh yeah, hey, that reminds me of this, let me go check this out. But if you're not really giving a service other than just self uh just self in terms of just self-gratification, and there's no real trade-off in what you're offering people to do for you. Like I'm like for Joe Rogan, if he does it, he's giving you a three hour episode. And you know you're gonna get some heavy insight, you know you're gonna get some real You're going to get something to take away from it. Whether it's conversation, entertainment, uh, educational, whatever it is, right? And a lot of people, it's like, there's nothing the other person gets from it. I know that's a hard thing when you're like a quote unquote unknown person. And I hate calling myself an unknown person or calling myself a a nobody. Because I'm definitely not. I am a somebody. We're all somebodies. We're all important. Eh, I wouldn't say that, but you know. Um, but yeah, like my show has just naturally grown audio wise specifically. I have had a natural growth in audience just by being just constantly putting shit out there. And I think it's just a message in general. If you want people to listen to you in whatever capacity of life, it could be just. If you want people to hang out with you and go do shit with you and just to sit down and sit with you for an hour or two, just to sit and talk with you, need and like neediness and the feeling of someone always having to listen to you, or the neediness of someone to always to come off as because it's almost like you need this more than me. There's not really an even transaction here. And I know people, like every, I don't care, every friendship, every relationship, there's a transactional aspect, right? That doesn't mean it's literally, I'm using someone. But if something doesn't offer you something that you want or require, then what are you getting out of it? You're not going to be happy. For some people, it's for genuine, loving good reasons and for other people it's for materialistic it's for shitty it's for literally using someone that they don't know uh that your true intentions for what you're being used for that's that's the difference between uh what's wrong and right in my opinion but when people but like and I say this example because I am tired of um listening to people's shows and stuff or watching stuff and people having the sense of entitlement like on Twitch for example like I've been watching on YouTube I've been watching like a lot of clips of streamers and stuff talking about certain things cuz you cuz it's basically like a podcast in a sense like it's just a different format whatever but it's the same shit and it's this weird thing where It's like you, you come across these people And you hear them talk And they literally feel like They are obligated By They literally feel like They are obligated That is the audience's obligation Or is it, It's other people's obligation To always like For example donate Or to always Take their word Or to always listen to them Or they're always fucking idiots And it's it's like, what are you talking about? Like this whole like um what is it? The Hassan Hassan Piker, right? He kind of has a YouTube channel, but his main thing's on Twitch, right? He just bought a three mount he just bought a three million dollar uh, I guess, compound our house in West Hollywood. And he's a streamer, he's a Twitch streamer. He makes approximately, people that have done the metrics, you kind of, the weird thing is now you can't even really hide how much you make because people who are in that field or stuff, they know if you get paid to do that, you know the metrics and how many people listen, followers, ads and stuff, how much money you get because they know how it works. But he, he makes about hmm anywhere from four to five million a year, which is like, holy shit, Great. The thing is, what a lot of people don't realize about how that stuff works is a lot of these streamers, they get donations, which is cool. Like, if people want to donate to you, that's their prerogative. I've talked about this before with other podcasters. If people want to do it, sure. I just think it's, I just think like, it's weird for me to donate To someone I know is making millions of dollars. And I'm not one of these. Oh. Oh. Like tax. Like no. What I'm saying is. If. I'm not going to go. On a. If. Like. Joe Rogan. I know has a hundred million dollars. If he started on his podcast saying. Hey guys. If you guys could donate. So we could uh, improve the setup. I'm going to be like. What? You have a hundred million dollars. You're not like some up and coming. You're not some person starting from scratch. You're not some person that's like literally like just making a normal living. You're, you have hundreds of millions of dollars. But Joe Rogan wouldn't do that because, you know, he has morals and shit. But the thing is. I can't even be mad at these streamers that make like millions and millions of dollars. When people know how much money these people make, and these people who will probably have, you know, nine to fives just probably make, we'll just say normal salaries and whatever, because let's be honest, people that are sitting there listening and watching a Twitch streamer for 8 hours a day Because some of them do twitch like 8-10 hours a day If you're listening to someone even We'll just say 5 hours Chances are You probably got so much time in your hands And typically people that have like that much time To just sit there and listen to 5 hours Of someone talking Probably Don't have a whole lot going on And that's not even insult That's just being realistic Because if you were making a lot of money Typically you're probably pretty damn busy Making fucking money. So, it's just... It's weird to me that, like... Why am I going to give someone 30 bucks that's living in a $3 million mansion? And I don't pocket watch or nothing like that. It's just... The the logic behind it just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm I also... I'm not going to shit on someone. The, the, big is, the big outcry is a lot of people are fucking pissed because... He's living in a $3 million house, but he's apparently a proponent for socialism and anti-capitalism, you know, capitalism, all this stuff. When technically, by what he's done, he's kind of capitalizing. But of course, people always find ways to wear things. like It's not. This is different. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even care to get into that. Um, because I actually, I'm on his side in the sense of, yeah, if I make a lot of fucking money, I'm going to buy a fucking house. That I can afford to live in. Um, you know. The thing is. He has ever read The One Live Where He Lives. And I don't even care the topics he talks about. I don't even care if it's contradicting to all of his beliefs. My thing is on the people. That donate. To people that are making millions and millions of dollars. You're making someone a millionaire. Millionaires. Who are already millionaires. And you guys continually donate to it. Because what? does what he what does a Twitch streamer, what is a YouTuber, what does anyone really give you in return? I know this is contradicted coming from someone who literally does a podcast in a sense. But what are they really giving you? What what are they what's really the trade-off they're giving you? I wouldn't understand it, like, I guess you could say there can be educational, because you can learn some from these channels, because he t- he's very into the political field and things of that nature, like, you know, he's pretty, he's really educated, he's a really smart individual. The thing I don't get is like, okay, you paid someone 30 bucks because they told you something about socialism and capitalism, do you not see the irony? Do you not see the, the weird interaction there? It's a free market, which is the great thing about it. And what I'm saying, I just, I just don't get the whole thing of donating to people that are more than well off. You're supposed to donate. To me, when I think of donating, is donating to people that are struggling or donating it to causes or donating it to charities. And trust me, most charities, I shouldn't say most. A good portion of charities, when you look at what you're donating to, is very sketchy at best. Like, when you learn that, like, 40% of all donations go to the cause, and you're like, well, what about the other 60%? It's like, well, you know, there's media, there's organizers, there's CEOs, there's this and that. And it's like, okay, like, I get that. I'm not saying someone that runs a charity should be doing it for free, per se. But 60%? I understand it's supposed to be like these nonprofits, like, okay, but if it's nonprofit, how are your CEOs? How are these people making millions and millions of dollars, right? Okay, whatever. I understand that most charities have a little sketchiness or skepticism, but you're literally donating to someone. That's not even being used for anything but self-gain or self-purpose. You're really just like going on the sidewalk and you just like something someone said. Here's 20 bucks just because I liked an opinion you said. Think about like how crazy that is when you really break it down in that simplicity. And again, I'm not saying people shouldn't make money off this stuff. But people, like, if people knew, like, this is the thing. If people knew how much a lot of the, a lot of, for example, YouTubers make off ad revenue, or Twitch streamers make off ads, and shit like that, and the donations are just basically, like, an extra way of, like, it's there because they know someone will donate to them, and it is just wild, like, it is just wild to me, like, I understand, like, I can understand. I guess if you're accepting and if people are willing to do it, fine. Because that's what donations are, where it's it's like, look, I'm trying to quit my day job, so I could do this full time, and I can give you guys more shit. And if you guys like donate for me to put more money into the production of this and stuff like that, and then you literally see as a consumer, you see the difference in production or the volume of what this person's doing. Technology they may be using, editing they may be using, or just more they can give you, or better quality of life. Like you can see, like, yeah, I'm not struggling to pay rent every month. Like I can have a little bit of a savings and I'm able to do this full time. Then, yes. Then, if you have that trust, then if I have this trust in relationship with this person I'm donating to, it's almost like you're an investor, except in this. There's no legal investment for them to give anything back to you. When you really think about it as a consumer, when you donate to one of these streamers or YouTubers or podcasters, you're literally just saying, here's free money. And it's not like if someone comes with you with the startup and you're like, you know what? Here's 20000 for whatever startup to help you start, right? Like a loan or whatever. And I want a percentage of stock or whatever, So then that's kind of like, you're literally seeing a return on the investment you put in. If you just don't, you're just like, okay, cool. I guess, here. And you're just, they may do right by you and improve quality or prove more of what you want to see. But then again, but what if they're already to that point? What if they already made it? It's like, why are they continuously asking you for money? Just free money. It's not even like... You pay ten bucks a month for a service. Pay pay you know pay ten bucks a month for a Patreon, or something. because there's a difference between Patreon and donations. Patreon's a very particular. Here's what you're getting when you pay this. If you pay five bucks, here's the extra benefits you get of this. You pay ten bucks, you get more access. Fifteen, you become a full member and you get all this extra shit. When it's just like this donation shit, you're literally just. Here you go. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with to me though, I just don't understand the logic of someone that's donating it to it. Hey look, if I were to start a stream right now, if I want if I had if I could do a Twitch stream or even YouTube live stream and there was a donation thing, yeah, I was just be like, you know what? If you guys want to donate, by all means. And guess what? You damn right if you donate, I'm just going to be like, thanks. Because if you were dumb enough to donate to someone just because said, hey guys, donate to me. Even though I've shown no reason for you to donate to me. I mean, that's on you guys. And maybe a donation is more like, this is an appreciation for the service you've done so far. Like, I've been watching your stuff free for three months. Here's 50 bucks. And it's like, cool. But you got to understand, like... When they have 50,000 people paying them 50 bucks. That's a lot of fucking money. If you, if you just have 50,000 people with a mixture of 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, bro. You're already in the elites of elites of one percentage. One percentage type of thing. When you want to break down the financial like gain of that. And it's just like, you know... I can I can never just sit there and just donate money to someone. Like I'll pay for a service. Like a prostitution. Because at least then I know what I'm getting. At least then there's a direct payoff, if you get what I mean. I mean obviously you know what I mean. I'm talking about prostitution. I'm not just throwing money in the wind to a stranger. Like when I think of donations, I'm thinking of homeless. Which is quite the opposite of a Twitch streamer who's not homeless It's far from it And the biggest issues That people have with him Was he talks about capitalism and Stuff like that being against it And again I don't watch this stuff Religiously but I've watched things here And I actually I like I like a lot of stuff he says I agree with it, good portion He's not wrong I'm also not of the fan That just cause you are against something. That doesn't mean you don't understand the reality of the world you live in. And he understands. Like I could be against capitalism all I want. I could be against. uh, You know. People hoarding money. Like Bezos and all this stuff. But at the same time. I'm like I can only do so much. I'm going to. I have to survive in this world too. That's the reality of the world we live in. I'm not going to sit here and take the extreme pay cut in hopes that everyone else starts doing the right thing because reality is not so you know what it is what it is it's business I'm not doing anything illegal don't be it's kind of like don't don't hate the player hate the game he's like I've been telling you this shit's bad so when you see me buy a 3 million dollar house to do this and you say I'm being hypocritical contradictory okay maybe so but you would do the same exact thing, and you're against all the same things. And no one should be mad they bought a $3 million house. No one should be mad that the system is the way it is. I'm mad at the people who just donate religiously to people. Like, it's like it's inner, like, you're literally, it'd be like if you saw a, it'd be the equivalent. If you go and watch a Marvel Studios movie, the Avengers movie, and oh, how about this? Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Basically, there, there's a whole thing of it was supposed to be released in theaters. Part of her contract was she would get a percentage of whatever's made in theaters. She would whatever. But since they didn't go to theaters, she didn't get that percentage. And they just basically just streamed it on, you know, Disney Plus or whatever the fuck. So she didn't get, she supposedly lost out on like 30, 40 million type of shit. She went from thinking she's going to make like 50 million for a movie to making like 10, which again, I understand no one's going to feel bad and I get it, but damn, she got fucked, <laughs> but it's a, uh, what was I saying? Shit. Fuck. But yeah, is it? Oh, yeah. It's like the equivalent of. What the fuck, Clint? Jesus. Why do I have the memory of a dead gumball? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would be like if you saw Scarlett Johansson on the street. You're like, here. Everyone get in line. And everyone give her a hundred bucks. And you have a line of thousand people give her a hundred, all this shit. And you just. Give her money to make up for what she lost. It's like you realize that the money she lost on that movie is probably more than everyone in that line's income combined. Or fuck just the money she made. The money in her bank account. It's probably more than the thousand people in that line combined. And somehow we have found. People that have this is where this is where I believe the wage gaps shows. It's not it's not just because people make a crazy amount of money doing shit that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why an entertainer, or an actor, or a streamer or YouTuber makes crazy amount of money when it's perceived to not be nearly as hard of a job as being a welder, which make can make a decent living. But what a welder makes in a year, some actors and YouTubers make in like a month, right? But it's the, to me, what I've noticed as I've gotten older, the wage gap for a lot of this shit is kind of, I guess, the way people perceive it. It's the fact that people can be easily manipulated by people that they see as a destination to be. We see the Scarlett Johansson's. we see the biggest YouTubers and Twitch the Mr Beast. And Mr Beast is actually the worst example because he all he does is give his money back. Like, you know, he's a definition that money just makes you more of who you are. Like, he wasn't really rich before, got all this money, and his business plan is literally spend almost all of it for the next video. Like talk about talk about investing in yourself betting on yourself but philanthropy is like a big thing for money, money makes you more of who you are and what's crazy but going back to the point what's crazy to me is you watch how people feel this weird thing of oh well this heavily successful this very rich podcaster this very uh, person that asked me to donate to them and it's not even a particular cause, but it's for something for them to personally build, right? And they'll hide behind. Th- this is where, oh, I love the fans and all this shit. It's like, okay. Like, anytime I hear someone go over the top how much they love the fans, I think you should appreciate your fans. I think anytime someone's, like, sucking the dick of their fans, it's like, alright, like, relax. To me, it looks very deceptive. To me, being cynical, it's just, I, I have a hard time believing it in general. But what's crazy to me is I think when you see people that want that destination that these actors and these entertainers or whoever they're donating to have, and the automatic assumption is this person knows what they're talking about. This person obviously has figured out more than I have. They obviously are better with money. They obviously, they they make me believe that it's a it's it's not even manipulative because to me you can only be manipulated as much as you are open to being manipulated by. But what they try to get you is to me the wage gap and in income, as I've gotten older, has more to do with how people view themselves. In terms of respect for themselves compared to their wage. And how much money they have. Like you be cr- like it's crazy you, like watch someone who goes from a $30,000 who makes like $20,000 a year. And then they start a whole new thing and two years later they're making 200000 Watch how different certain people value themselves. Which by the way, you should value yourself in a different way. You should be more protective of shit. But the thing is people really all of a sudden start thinking that they have this sense of uh they walk on water mentality. Like they could walk the streets and do whatever now. Uh, they could like just kick a homeless person and they kinda have that support in the back of their hand, like I could get myself out of whatever. So they have this freedom to kinda Not have to live by societal rules. It's like celebrities. It's like with anyone that has money. You could be charged with the same crime. As someone like me. And you can pay your way out of harsher sentencing. If you uh, commit a very illegal act. Let's just say. Uh, Let's just say the R word. The four letter R word. Let's say you commit that. And let's say I commit that. Um you you may be able to get a lighter sentencing than me because um I don't have a whole lot of money to get myself out of that, and you might people say money aspect doesn't matter when they like for, when they know rich ass people commit murder and they want to convict them, you notice how they set Bell at like five million dollars. It's like me like, eh, we'll just set the bell for like 20K?" Like they, they set the bell compared to, they set bell compared to your salary. So by definition, your salary literally starts to change how other people look at you, so you start looking at yourself different, because people start treating you different when you make more money. People all of a sudden uh, have a different appetite for what you bring to the table. So going back to typically when it's it's like when people there make lower amount of money are ironically donating to people who are making 50 times as much money, 20 times, 10 times, whatever, they're making six figures, seven figures some of them. And you're struggling to get by, but somehow you justify, you know what? This person needs 30 bucks. You know they continue putting out videos. Right? To continue streaming. Because you know what? They were—they quit their day job to do this. So I need to keep supporting them. It's like. But you're never going to be able to quit your day job. If you keep supporting something. Because it's a pretty one sided thing. You're just donating. And they're going to do the videos and streams. Whether you donate them or not. It's like. I could get to doing it for a while, but when you get to a certain point, like you should have there should be other ways for you to make money where you're not price gauging your audience, type of shit. Because say what you like the difference between that and what someone like when you sign a Spotify deal, the company Spotify is paying you checks out of their checkbooks. And they're in control for how much they charge on their platform service, which pretty much hasn't really changed ever since they've started paying uh, podcasts like Joe Rogan, Caller Daddy, uh, Dax Shepherds. Like, I haven't had any price changes in mine. And you get any show, anything you want. It's a one payment a month, and you get basically everything you want. So, I'm gonna pay 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever, a month to literally listen to any music I want, to listen to any podcast I want. Or I could donate to this one streamer, this one YouTuber, this one podcaster, and give that person 20, 25 bucks in a donation when they're gonna do that show, whether I donate that 20, 25 bucks. And not only that, I don't need that twenty, twenty five bucks. I pay this person twice as much than when there's a million podcasts or millions and millions of songs I can listen to other than theirs. Cause the reality is the thing about saturation of field, the thing about these uh these you know, people make a joke like, Oh, well whenever you're doubt, start a podcast because everyone has one now. It's like it's like, yeah, which means a competition much stronger, which also means Top, which means that there's there's podcasting has turned into also like this heavy wage gap, but for podcasting, where it's like the top fifty podcasts in the world, I think garner like uh forty to fifty percent of all listeners a month. It so it's basically like the top fifty podcasts, probably twenty comedy, fifteen educational, 15 whatever. Those fifty podcasts, all listeners they get a month acquire. Actually, maybe it may be seventy percent of all listeners. Like I'm on the small. I believe, like I believe that if you get um ten thousand, if you get ten thousand plays a month, which means if you get ten thousand clicks, ten thousand people that listen to your show a month, you are in the top three percent. You were in the top, no, you're in the top 1% of podcasts. What that means is the top of the top are getting 10, 20, 30, 40 million. Joe Rogan's probably getting, Uh, he's probably a little late because it's exclusive now on Spotify, but he's probably getting, you know, 40 million a month. Well, no, more than that because it's three a week. See, he probably gets 8 million listens an episode, 24, yeah, he's probably 70, probably close to 100 million a month. It may even be more than that. Pure listens, uh, maybe you, you get what I'm saying. Then you got armchair expert. You got comedy podcasts with big comedians, Bill Burr, Andrew Schultz. Uh, they're all getting most of the plays, and they're probably getting a hundred thousands to million a month type of shit, right? Which is really fucking good. You're at the top when you get the tenth, the the. The um, knowledge out there is if you get 10,000, if you get 10,000, if you start getting 10,000 listeners an episode, advertisers will start rolling to your door and start paying you money to, you know, do advertisements on your show. Because if you're reaching 10,000 people and they pay you a couple on the smaller and they pay you We'll just say a thousand an episode to advertise the product a couple thousand if you're on the smaller end. Cause based on how many people you could reach is how much they're going if you reach ten thousand people, they'll probably give you a couple thousand, you know, to advertise the product for a week. And for you, like someone like me, that holy shit, thousand plus a week, fucking great. Have your ten thousand, like maybe 30, 40 people, you know, go online and buy their product and then they're making their money back and then some, and they do it with other podcasts and reach that, and it, you, I'm I'm not here to break down the game. What I am saying is, people be surprised, like, how, like, how saturated the field has gotten to where the top of the top aren't going to actually donate because they're making so much money, fucking money, probably in their professions, which is how you know them, which is why they get so many listens. In the first place, because you know them from something else, and you're like, "Oh, let me listen to them talk for two or three hours," and you like it. But it's really like there's probably a thousand podcasts getting all the most of the listens, and someone like me who I've had two episodes that popped out. I've gotten, I've had two episodes that gone over a couple thousand plays. Most of my other ones are pretty low on the spectrum, let's just say, but. That's just kind of how it is, but most people, most podcasts don't even have one that gets any play of any type, so you just gotta be happy with what you get type of thing, but I would never ask for fucking donations, and I've talked about that before, but damn. Alright, alright, wow, I can't believe I just talked for 40 minutes about fucking donations. A lot. I didn't know I was going to talk about this episode But we got into it Alright That was episode 57 Of the Off and Beat podcast If you want to donate Just uh You know uh, Donate And suck My bank account Because I am struggling I need to pay rent Please donate You know that's how some of these people sound It's like Hey you know what Um, Maybe don't quit your job before, you know, people are willing to pay for it. Like it's funny when people say, "Guys, I need everyone to start donating because I'm gonna get kicked out." I quit my job to do this full time. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe um before you quit your job, maybe um make sure people were donating before you don't quit your job to find out people will donate. We didn't ask you to quit your job. We're not in charge of paying your rent. We got our own shit to pay. It's funny how people play the guilt card for situations that create themselves but neither here nor there um but yeah uh episode 57 the often beat podcast uh like and subscribe suck my toes and oh yeah suck some titties and uh have a great day and a beautiful morning and hit the fucking gym and tear your triceps